Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Better Living, a show that focuses on people and organizations making an impact in North Texas. I'm your host, Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. And joining us right now is my good buddy, Michael Thomas, the executive director of My Possibilities. Michael, how are you doing this morning? Chris, I'm doing great, man. Happy to happy to be back. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm actually looking forward. By the time this airs, you will have done the incredible gala for My Possibilities. And let's talk about the gala that happened, quote-unquote, this coming Saturday night, which is basically last night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, The community ball for us is a... Uh, it's it's a special evening because it's not just a a dinner out on the town. You know, everybody kind of does one of those. But out of the the thousand people that are coming to our our gala, uh, two hundred plus are the people that we serve. And so you don't, you know, our whole mission is inclusion for people with disabilities. And we don't have to talk a lot on stage because we're including people with disabilities at the event. That's the whole point of doing it. So it is an absolute blast. I'm biased, but it's the best party in North Texas. And it's been a while. It has. It has. Chris, we the last time we had this event, it was June of 2019. We do the event every year in June, but wow. as we all know, June of, 20, June of 21. Uh, so, yeah, it has been three years since we've thrown this party. So it, I, I think things are going to get a little crazy. I'm looking forward to it again. I'm going to be hosting it for you this year, and I can't wait to see what happens. Can you tell me some of the things that I can expect? You know, it's funny that this there, you know, charity events like this, you expect you know a program and, and awards to be given away, and we do a little bit of that stuff. But the reality is because because our hipsters, our hugely important people, are there. You know what you're going to see us do is get through that content as fast as possible because the party starts when the band hits the dance floor and uh, the hipsters all come out and we all join them and we just, I mean, it's, it's an absolute blast. So you're going to see a fast moving program so we can get to the fun stuff. You mentioned the hipsters. Let's tell everybody who the hipsters are. And I love that term for the kids and the adults. Absolutely. So for us, uh, you know, we serve adults that have intellectual and developmental disabilities. And instead of saying client or consumer, uh, we call our guys hipsters. We're all hipsters. And that stands for, hugely important people. Yes. And uh, that's that's a term that not only we do we use to talk about who we support, uh, but they call themselves hipsters. They're proud. They're proud of who they are, and they want the world to know that, you know, I'm a hipster. I go to my possibilities. So, uh, yeah, it's where, and, and the founders came up with that back in 2008, and they did not know that a hipster was a thing Yeah. Uh, already. So it's just now it's just a lot of fun to talk about. Exactly. There's all kinds of levels of hipsters, and I love the way – the hipsters at my possibilities get down. And, and speaking of getting down, you partner with so many different groups. Can you talk about some of the different groups and organizations that may be a part of this this function and that have been working with you guys for years and years and years? Absolutely. You know, it's uh, because our cause touches so many people, um, one in 10 people in the country have an immediate family member with an intellectual or developmental disability. So it, because our world is, is widespread and because our goal is to get our people uh, included in in the workforce and in the community, really the companies and, and partners come from all over. So uh, we've got Barry Family Services, their direct support 
for people with disabilities and their families. You got Bread Financial, which is actually a financial institution, but they believe in employing people with disabilities. And it goes on, man. You get Toyota and uh, AmeriHealth, and there's just all sorts of companies that really, they're, uh, they believe in what we do. They believe in the importance of inclusion. And uh, they all come out and, and enjoy uh, the gala right along with us. All right, let's talk about my possibilities and the big pivot. I bring up the big pivot because a lot of different groups and organizations learned a lot during the pandemic because some of the things that they wanted to do, including you know educational things, working with teachers and educators, you had to do it virtually. And then there yep. were there were things that you actually said, okay, we can continue doing certain things, and this is actually helpful. Can you talk about the, the pluses and the minuses of the things that you guys went through over the last couple of years? Because you mentioned this is the first time on this gala that everybody's actually going to get together in the same room. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. There were, you, nailed, you nailed it, and there's quite a few pros and cons of the last few years. Uh, I think, you know, globally we'd say significantly more cons. For for us, uh, because a lot of the people that we serve are are have compromised immune systems, mm-hmm. it's important. It's important that they stay at home until uh, you know until it was safe. So, a significant number of our of our hipsters had been you know they were at home for six, nine, twelve, eighteen months, and these are people that need social engagement. They need continued education to to keep those skills honed, and so. We adjusted very quickly uh, and went online. Uh, you know, a lot of educational organizations did the same thing. But one of the things for us that has has remained is any time now that our our guys are sick or they're out of town or there's a there's a COVID or a flu spike, whatever it may mm-hmm. be, um, they're just they're just adjusting their programming from in person to online. It's an indefinite program for us now, and we have teachers that have content set up and they're ready to go and they log in and they got, you know, 15, 20 adults with disabilities that are all over North Texas and some that actually moved away or have, have moved far enough to not be able to come in person anymore, mm-hmm. but they're still engaging with their friends online yeah. through, uh, through our online programming. So yeah, it's a huge, huge benefit of, a, of, of getting through the last couple of years is there's a new way to serve this population. Exactly. Uh, like I said, a lot of different groups call it the pivot. They were able to take advantage of the good parts and then actually go through some of the tougher parts, but realizing, okay, that's not the right way. But it was it was by, uh, you know, happenstance, I guess. It, you, you, trial and error. Is that the best way to put it? Yeah, you know, I think the, for us, it's in our DNA. Um, the Really, this organization knows if, when, if it doesn't matter what it is, if we find another way to do something and it's better, mm-hmm. we change. Um, if, and that's in any way, shape or form. And even if we've spent, you could spend six months planning something out. And if you have an epiphany one night, you come in the next morning and go, Hey guys, uh, there's another way to do it. It means we have to completely scrap everything we've worked on. Then yeah, we're obligated scrap it and let's move forward. So I think we were, we were prepared, not necessarily prepared for COVID, but we were prepared to find ways to adjust to continue serving people with disabilities. And, uh, yeah, it just it, it continues to develop. Um, how many hipsters that you guys work with are gamers? <laughs> more more than you'd think. Uh, <laughs> uh, a lot. We have you know we've got a gaming club, we've got a wrestling club. These are uh, there is no magical line of IQ that that sort of differentiates people's interests in the world. And that yeah. you know whether it's whether it's living on their own or having meaningful relationships or or gaming or partying. I mean, our guys are they're adults. Um, and, and they, they're looking to, they're striving for all the same things that, that you and I have access to. And, uh, yeah, man, there's, there's a, when gaming club comes around here, man, there's, there's serious business and I won't, I know better than to pick up a controller. I was about to uh, say, nah, I ain't doing it. <laughs> you don't want to be <laughs> a notch on somebody's belt. No, right? <laughs> no. And then they'll, 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 uh, you know, they're sly with the way they bring you in too. They're like, Oh no, come and play with me real fast. They're okay. And then it's just all over. Um, I get enough of that from from 12-year-olds on the Internet. I don't need it in my building. (laughs) Exactly. I know exactly what you mean. We're talking with Michael Thomas. He is the uh, executive director of My Possibilities. Where's My Possibilities physically located? And let everybody know this because and and how they might be able to get involved if they have a hipster in their life. Absolutely. From from where I'm sitting right now and talking to you from, we're physically located – uh, in Plano, Texas, but we are on the George Bush Turnpike, which means we basically sit on the border of Collin County and Dallas County. Ah. So our our hipsters and families come from just over 90 zip codes in North Texas. So literally 
all over the region uh, and, uh, you know, traveling upwards to an hour each direction to get here. So even though we're physically located in Plano, we have people coming from Mesquite, Duncanville, Van Alstine, Alito, mm-hmm. you know, all over the region. Now, I know you guys work a, a lot with the hipsters with education, but I also know that you also help provide job opportunities or help them find jobs. Can you talk about how you're able to do that? And can you tell some of the stories of, uh, you know, with the pandemic and people having jobs or, you know, the, uh, what do you call it, the gig economy and maybe there's opportunities there? Yeah, absolutely. So for, for one, um, what we, what was happening before COVID was people were really starting to figure out that this is a, a workforce that is not only incredibly capable, yes. uh, they're out there and they're job loyal to a fault. I mean, they will just, when you, when you find somebody with a disability once that you're, that you're willing to bring into your company, mm-hmm. they'll never leave. Yeah. They'll work there forever because they're, they're proud to have meaningful work in a, in a company that, that accepts them. So companies were just starting to figure that out. And then COVID hit and we were supporting about a hundred adults with disabilities and their jobs in the community. And we, I would say roughly 80% lost their jobs in the first two to three weeks of COVID. Oh my goodness. And they're it's typically the last population to get hired, mm-hmm. the first ones to get let go mm-hmm. and the last ones to get brought back. So I, we are, we are in the swing. People are, they're getting their jobs back. They're finding new jobs. So that's definitely up and coming. Um, but I tell you what, what COVID did is all these companies in the last couple, the last, let's say, year that have been dealing with the, the great reshuffling and the great resignation. Yes. You know, they're looking for, they're going, man, we just, we can't find people. We got all these entry level jobs. We have all this, these roles that we just can't find anybody. And we're sitting over going, guys, we've been, we've been telling you for years, <laughs> we, we've got them in spades. So more, I'd say more companies are interested in hiring people with disabilities today than before COVID hit. Let's and let's 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 realize, elaborate on that, Michael, because I yeah. think you just actually struck a nerve. There's a lot of people in the corporate world who actually listen to the show, and you talked about the Great Resignation. For those who don't know, when the pandemic hit, there are a lot of people who were working from home or whatever, and then once things subsided, they're like, I don't want to go back to my regular That's job right. anymore. And That's and right. all these different organizations found out. Wait a minute, we need to have employees, and so. Like you said, explain again why it's significant that hipsters are available. Well, for one, uh, the, the roles that they're taking, uh, given the nature of, of the, the widespread realm of ability and, and disability, they, they are traditionally looking for 15 to 20 hours a week. Uh, they're looking for repetitive task jobs. They're looking for, based on their skill set, things that they can come in, do the same three or four things, do them incredibly efficiently and effectively and the you know, meaningful work, not, mm-hmm. not just, you know, coming in rolling silverware. I'm talking about things that if they don't come in, the company and the business notices because something's not getting done. Right. And these are, you know, regardless of the industry, whether it's an office and administrative work or it's a restaurant and it's host or busing or, or working in the kitchen or food prep, these are all jobs that for the last year and a half have been incredibly challenging to fill. Is to like to your point, anybody that had those jobs that then started to you know, either work from home or you know figured something else out, they didn't come back. Right. And and our guys are still sitting over there on the bench, like, hey, put me in. I'm, I'm right. ready to go. So and, and, and the hipsters, like you said, I'm going to emphasize this: they take pride in their work, no matter what Big you time. think the role is. They take pride in it, and they're extremely loyal. So if you're an employer. These are employees that you really, really value. These are the kinds of employees that you really, really like, and you can see them being loyal, and they can move up the ladder in your corporation or your 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 market or wherever you are. And and I think there's something to note too when when there are you know when you're on the internet and you see a video come across and and you've got a uh, you know it says hey this is John and. John has worked for this company for 22 years, and we're celebrating 22 years. And, and John has Down syndrome or autism. The way these videos come across on the Internet is like, wow, look how rare that is that somebody with disabilities worked someplace for 20-something years. And the reality is what was rare is that a company hired John 22 years ago mm-hmm. and gave him a chance to stay at that company. The truth is most of our, our adults – 
are overwhelmingly job loyal, and we have we have those stories in spades. Mm-hmm. Twelve years here, fifteen years there, eight years here, and and that's the kind of thing. After this great resignation, if you told somebody, "Hey, we can fill entry level jobs, repetitive work jobs in, in your company, and and you won't have to fill for that job again for the next eight to ten years," that's yeah. big time. That's uh, big I think time. people are starting to figure it out. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And again. They take so much pride, the hipsters, they take so much pride in what they're doing, and they're extremely loyal. And again, a lot of people in the, you know, who, who uh, quit their jobs in the Great Resignation, it's like, well, you know what? I'm not fulfilled enough. In other words, their own personal life, there were things that they wanted to do that conflicted with whatever the job they had. And they're like, you know what? I'm just not quite satisfied. Whereas they don't look at that as the same opportunity as maybe a hipster in, right. in yeah, a nutshell. That's right, and it's and there's another there's another lens too. We tend to look at jobs that maybe you and I um, wouldn't want to have long term. Right, that might be good fits for this population, and it's it's very easy to go, oh, that's you know that's charity, or oh, that's not good enough for you know. And, uh-huh. and, and the reality is, these are jobs that they want. They're they jobs want them. Excited about, and, yeah. and, they're, and they're mean. It's meaningful work. So when we define a good job. You hear that term a lot out there, like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you got to go get a good job. The The reality is a good job for an adult with Down syndrome or autism or, or cerebral palsy may be being accepted, having meaningful work, yes. and, and, and coming in 15, 20 hours a week to to be a part of a team. That's a good job. And it's okay to say, hey, we want to do this and do it right and uh, and bring them in for these roles that we're having trouble filling. I like the way you put that because that, that's what a lot of people miss. A lot of hipsters just want to be part of the team. They want to that's show it. that, yeah, I can do this too, and I really enjoy it. I love being around you guys. And and the reality is, Chris, that, that it's not just being a part of a team in the workplace. It's also being a part of the community yes. next door to you, and it's also being a part of – you know, going to the same bar and having a drink where you go mm-hmm. out and have a drink. Like they want to be included. Right. Period. Exactly. And, and I love, like I said, the way we're, you know, painting the picture for people who are listening about the opportunities that you might have that, hey, don't forget about the hipsters. They're right there right. as well. And you're not necessarily losing. You might be losing somebody. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Sarah, she's so great. I hate to lose her. Well, guess what? There's there's uh, Bobby and Bobby might be able to do it even better and may not be going anywhere because they love to stay where they are. Well, and, and the funny thing is, is in a lot of these roles, Chris, that these are, you know, let's say that the first level role in a business um, that maybe has got, you know, five, six, seven tasks that are pretty entry level. Our, the reason adults with disabilities tend to be better at those jobs is because the the neurotypical person with that job is thinking about where they're going after work. They're thinking about bills. They got to take the dog. Mm-hmm. To the they, gotta, they want to move up the chain. They're looking for more money someplace else. Our guys come in and do the work. Yeah. And, and they tend to be more effective because they're not distracted by the 800 other things that that other employee traditionally would be thinking about. You know, you mentioned that, and I, I'm going to give the hipsters even more credit. There's a lot of, and I'm not, I don't want to stereotype all of Gen Z. <laughs> I don't want to do that. But because of social media, they're really distracted. And I know oh, yeah. hipsters are on social media, but not like Gen Z. No, they, I mean, and, and I, I don't want to say they aren't because, our, trust me, our guys, they, they got phones too. Oh, yeah, um, and they're gamers, but, so we know. But they <laughs> but they know. They know when they come in, hey, part of the process is you take your phone, you put your phone over here. And that's what we coach through, by the way. My possibilities in our career services team, their whole job is to get get – our hipsters prepared, get them educated, get them trained. And, uh, and, and before we ever go out and say, okay, uh, Toyota or, or JP Morgan or whoever it is that's hiring them, you know, this is, this is Bobby before that we ever have that conversation, Bobby's ready to go. Yeah. And, and that is, uh, we got a second building that breaks ground this month that, uh, will be finished probably summer of next year. And the entire building is dedicated to that sort of vocational and job training. Uh, be able to serve probably another 300 adults on a weekly basis, and it's literally focused on whether it's administrative or culinary or customer mm-hmm. service or technology. We are going to give them the real deal training. So when you say, hey, we'd like to hire somebody in administrative work, yeah, we, we got you. Um, we got plenty of people that can do that. So 
this time this time next year, uh, the North Texas employment world, they're going to have a uh, an onslaught of capable and loyal employees ready to join their teams. That is fantastic. In fact, a lot of people in just the you know in the in the world of of work, they they lament the fact that in high schools and colleges, there's not really vocational education. This is just the regular reading, writing, and arithmetic, so to speak. It's like, okay, if only there was shop classes or yeah, I, I yep. can go on and on. We're talking about vocation. And so you guys are actually providing an opportunity for hipsters, but also providing an opportunity for those in the corporate world and the business world and providing people who are already skilled at that level. It's like, wait a minute, they're not just high school grads. They actually have vocational abilities. Yeah, and, and the truth is that, you know, we're starting to talk about those vocations again and, and vocational pathways yeah. as meaningful education in high school already. All we're doing is taking that concept and applying it to people that, that you know, have an intellectual or developmental disability. It's the same mm-hmm. notion that advanced training or additional training in a, in a field will yield meaningful work. And not We're every, not doing anything creative. Yeah. We're just applying it to a population that does not have access to it. Exactly. So let's talk about, because we've talked about it in the past on the show, but we haven't talked about it today. Let's talk about some of the traditional educational opportunities for the hipsters that you guys provide. Yeah. Yeah. So, so our program is, uh, you know, for the, for, uh, to kind of provide a Cliff Notes version, it's to pick up from where they, they left off in the public school world. So, uh, for the average 18-year-old graduating from high school, the expectation is you go to college, or you 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 go uh, you join the armed the armed forces, or you go to a vocational program to become an electrician or something. For for somebody with an IQ of of 65 or 70, you graduate high school. That's that's kind of it. Um, you know, there are adult daycare programs that are out there that are meaningful engagement. But as far as really raising that expectation that they can do so much more, harder to find. So we we just emulate what the higher educational world looks like and apply it to this population. So choose classes every semester, take the stuff they want to take, progress through content, specialize if they want to, and if their job, if their purpose in being here is to get a job, take them down that pathway. If it's to get healthy, lose weight, we'll do that. And if it's to live independently, we'll focus on that. But it's it's about creating that pathway to inclusion. And that's that's different for everybody. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, our, our plan is meet them where they're at, learn what their interests and their goals are in life, and, and provide them on an educational path to get them there. Michael, paint some pictures for us. What does the classroom look like? Where, who are some of the instructors? And if you got to share a story, feel free to do so. Well, you know, it's funny. It's going to sound kind of redundant. Our, our, our program looks like any other school out there. You would never, if you walked over a Saturday and went through the building, you wouldn't know uh, that there's anything different between, you know, who we serve in a traditional school. I do think what is unique about uh, the way we're set up, and you, you asked me to talk about the staff, is we have one of the most uniquely talented, passionate, and patient uh, staffs, period. And I don't mean... I mean, in any industry, mm-hmm. any school setting, we're talking about people that, that bring their unique talents and passions to the program and then work to apply and, and those skills and teach those things to a population that, frankly, needs more time. You know, you're, a lot of people get into teaching because you have students come in at, you know, at the beginning of the, of the year, and by the time the year is over, here's all the things they learned, all the things they're ready, and they're, you know, they're, they're prepared to all move on. Our guys need more time, so you're talking about real patience, and but it, it shows up. I mean, our, our guys absolutely they're successful. It just may take two years, may take four years, but um, instead of just saying everybody has to have the same degree, I mean, the the, the instructor that teaches culinary arts here, her background mm-hmm. before she joined us was in food. Okay, and she's she knows how to cook. Right, she's passionate about cooking, and she's passionate about helping people. So she's. She's the person who teaches food here. The same thing goes for technology and art and music and job training. I mean, they have specific passions and skill sets, and they bring them uh, to to teach in our setting. So it really is. It's a special. It's a special educational place. Um, and and I'll I'll say it again. I've I've got the best, most talented, passionate staff in the country. I'll put them up against anybody. 
I love the way you talk. So I want to ask you this. If someone were listening and they say, you know what, I've got a skill set and I might be able to educate some of the hipsters. How do you hire them? Not just don't give me the uh, send an email. I want to know what do you look yeah. for when you're looking for someone to join your staff? Because I, I know there's got to be a process where you said you got to be good because I've already got a great staff. Yeah. Yeah, there is, and and I appreciate you saying that because it's saying just go to the website and click on the link. It, that isn't enough, right? Um, because so what we will do is when people say I want to come in, I want to I want to work with this population, I want to teach, I want to uh, whatever it is, we will we'll go through the general you know the you know the initial introductions and, and interviews and everything. But they everybody does a trial. They'll go through the program. We'll put them in a classroom. We'll have their peers work next. You know, future potential coworkers work next to them. And we can tell. I mean, the culture in this building is so strong that if somebody comes in and they're not really about it, mm-hmm. uh, our teachers will just come. We ask for them to give us the review. Yeah. And the, and the teachers will come back and say, you have to hire this person. Or, hey, listen, maybe another trial day, but just didn't really see it. And And that's the most important way that you can bring somebody on board is to know that the rest of the team acknowledges that they also have that passion and that, that that kind of special it factor that it takes to be a part of the team. Exactly. It's like it's kind of like any it's kind of like sports. You know yeah. if this person is a good fit for the team. That's right. Regardless of talent, are they going to are they going to uh, uh be a part of a five man on the court? Can they can they be a team player or uh, about to, I was about to throw some shade at some some people in the league. I'm gonna stop, but uh, yeah, keep the, keep the know, names out your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep that. Yeah, I don't need anybody coming after me. But yeah, um, yeah. We've seen it. We've seen it for time and time again. You got unbelievably talented people that that can't right be a part of a team. And 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 our staff are unified. They support each other. And more importantly, they're there because they care for the hipsters. So if they don't think somebody's coming in for the same reason, they'll let us know. Exactly. Okay, so I was throwing some shade on Gen Z. I, I didn't want to stereotype them, but I kind of was <laughs> with all the social media that they're uh, involved in. And I know a lot of them, when they look at furthering their education or careers or vocation, a lot of them have YouTube channels. How many yep. hipsters, I know they're on YouTube because they're just like anybody else. So how many of them actually have some businesses on YouTube or some guys that you know of that may be doing that? Well, I will say this, across the country, um, there are there are lots of uh, influencers with disabilities. Okay. There are individuals with disabilities that have started companies that are uh, you know they're purchased across the country. It's a company called John's Crazy Socks, and John's got Down syndrome. He started the business with his dad. He loves crazy socks, so he's like, I'm gonna share it with the world. And yeah, I mean it's a, it's a full bore business, and the same thing. There's probably a you know twenty to thirty different examples uh, like that. So it's it's uh you know the world is changing yeah. a little bit it's, it's a little, I will say this about Gen Z that they are way more nation, naturally passionate mm-hmm. about mission and cause and purpose mm-hmm. and they are driving corporate culture to change yes they are and so and so they don't you know they have no time and no patience for working someplace that doesn't care about the world or doesn't care about people so um, I, it's funny. We have just started, and I've got I've, we have some team members here that are twenty, twenty one years old. And yeah, you got to communicate differently. And but the beauty is, like, they bring a whole different level of energy and passion to what we do. So there, I think that's just the the beauty of, of us getting older, Chris. We're just gonna have to learn. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm all on top of it. I, again, I I appreciate the creativity, and I also appreciate the fact that they are more technology driven than anybody over the age of 40. Uh, I will oh, say yeah. this, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of people under the age of 30 do not even answer their phone. you got to text. You know, they, oh, will, yeah. they will call you back, but they're not going to answer the phone. They're, you got to text I actually, them. I actually took a page out of that playbook recently. I, I called somebody and got to the voicemail message. And, and it just, Oh, don't leave <laughs> a voicemail. Just, they're not going to they're gonna listen to that. Just, yeah, he, said, he literally said, don't leave a voicemail. <laughs> and so at the, when it got to the end of it, the message came back, this voicemail box is full. And I was like, man, that is something else. So I did the same thing. <laughs> but just text me. Yeah, just, just text me. That's the best way. Also, that's the best way. I was talking with a friend at the uh, Better Beer 
the Tarrant County Better Business Bureau, and she was talking about how there's a lot of scammers out there. They will call you, see a number you don't recognize, the number you say, hello? Next thing you know, they're saying, you know what? Your warranty on your car is about to expire. You wow, need they've, to. Been, they've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Yeah, that's just another scam out there. So you got to be careful about picking up the phone on numbers that you don't recognize. But back to the well, hipsters. Go ahead. No, I was just about to say, you know, beyond Z, I got I got eight year old twin boys, and and they are oh officially when you get to Z, you know what happens next? You start over. Oh, and hey, so Gen, Gen Alpha, <laughs> Gen, Gen Alpha, oh my wave. And so at at eight years old, I'll tell you, they're carrying the torch from Gen Z, overwhelmingly tech advanced, um, yes. and and overwhelmingly passionate. They they just do not see the same things that, mm-hmm. that previous generations have been conditioned to see. Right. Um, and it's beautiful watching them grow up. So, we're, you know, I'm just trying to adapt and stay. Uh, I, I've given up on trying to stay cool. I just want to stay aware. That's right. Uh, stay aware. <laughs> stay. Yeah. And be able to have the same kind of conversations. Not that you have to do everything that they do. Just be able to have the conversation. Right. That's right. That's right. All right. Speaking of conversations, what is coming up this summer with my possibilities? The gala, awesome. What's coming up this summer that anybody wants to be involved with, or just the my possibilities, hipters and the and your your team? What are, what you got going on this summer? Well, I tell you what, we are. Uh, I think it's a great sign that that uh, the world of COVID is starting to figure itself out. Things have come kind of come back. Even having a community ball in general means that we're we're semi back to normal. But we are. Uh, imagine imagine a horse race where you got all the horses stuck in the gate. Uh, oh boy! We are we are the gates are about to open and oh you're chomping the, the at building, the bit, yeah, big time. Uh, yeah, like like rich strike. I don't know if you kept up with <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> Kentucky Derby out of nowhere, yes, out of nowhere. So we are, um, you know, the growth the, the growth of the organization. We're we're building some programs up. We're building the second building. We are preparing to uh, to break ground on a residential community in Garland. Uh, the second half of this year is going to be uh, growth mode. And so whether you are a, a volunteer, a potential staff member, a corporation, a donor, doesn't matter. There, There is so much that's getting ready to happen. So we are uh, we're, we're looking to build the family, build the community up. So uh, by all means, regardless of purpose, there is plenty that is getting ready to happen. And the website is? Mypossibilities.org. Uh, and, uh, and and I've got an amazing marketing team that oversees uh, all the social media channels as well. So whether you go to the website or Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, uh, we you can connect with us in, in any channel online. Appreciate you again, Michael. We will, we will have to do this again because you guys have got it going on and love what you guys are doing with the hipsters. Well, I appreciate it, Chris. Thank you for the, the time today. And uh, I know it's past tense, but uh, for in the current stance, it's, it's future tense. Looking forward to Saturday. It's going to be a blast. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was. It was wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. And joining us right now is the executive director of the North Texas branch of the National Basketball Retired Players Association, Mr. Willie Davis. How you doing, Willie? I'm doing fine, Chris. Okay, so I know I I messed up your title. What's your exact title for this chapter? The president of the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Very nice. That was good. Yeah, very nice. All I know is you've been doing this for a long, long, long time, and it was good seeing you the other day at the charity golf tournament, the, uh, what was it, the the Basketball Legends? What did you call the tournament? uh We just call it uh, the NBRPA, which is an acronym for National Basketball Retired Players Association Invitational Golf Tournament. It was a success. It was absolutely wonderful. You had all kind of former uh, basketball players, Jimmy King, Derek Harper, Spud Webb, Tim Hardaway Sr., who's who's inductee, by the way, for the uh, Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. He'll be inducted this September. It was great. It was a great occasion. And what was the cause again? Because I know you guys came up with some scholarships, I believe. Well, actually, we 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 are a charitable organization. We're legitimately a five hundred one c three, and all of the money that we uh, need for programming, we have to raise it. Right. So this is one way of us raising money to do be able to do programming 
uh, in the communities. Now, our primary focus is our youth, and that's, that's my passion. That's what I've been doing. Uh, that's been my uh, goal uh, for a number of years now is to build our platform to where we are, we are in demand. We're not asking anybody uh, uh, looking for anybody to go serve. We want people to call us. And, uh, and, 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 and come out and, uh, and, and do programming with them. And we are just about there. We, uh, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just mention a couple of the organizations that we've connected with. Sure. Uh, we're, we're connected. We, we have a, a partnership with the Fort Worth Police Department's PAL division. Uh, as a matter of fact, we just did a PAL clinic on this past Saturday over in Fort Worth for, in a, at, a, at a charter school. For those who don't and, know, uh, PAL is the Police Athletic League. That's right, exactly. And uh, then the other one, the, our other uh, uh, partnership is with the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Tarrant County. Now, that encompasses all of the Boys and Girls Club in Tarrant County. And when I first uh, mentioned this, uh, I brought this to uh, Daphne. Uh, Stigliano, I'm pronouncing her name wrong. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but Daphne. anyway, that's close enough. Yeah, she's the, she's the executive director, and I told her that we wanted to come in and partner with them to bring uh, the basketball experience. But not only that, we wanted to do the educational aspect of it also. So that's what we that's what we have on task with them, and the first three events will just be basketball. But after that, we're going to put an educational component with that because I, 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 it doesn't do me um, – I don't feel very good when we go in and kids have fun for an hour and a half, two hours, and when they leave, that's it. We didn't, leave, we didn't give them any nuggets to take with them. Mm-hmm. So we want to go in and we want to talk to them about uh, college readiness. We want to talk to them about just finding out who they are. You know, most kids don't know where their talents lie. And we have all kind. Of, we have. I've hired a guy. Uh, a guy has come along beside us uh, to uh, help us with that. It's called a Hope Initiative, and uh, it's headed up by Dr. Harper, who is uh, very, very um, uh, has a lot of experience in this area. So that's basically the the crust of what we have going on this summer. We're going to try to get that unveiled and see where it goes. The NBRPA has been doing such outstanding work, and you guys are partnered with the NBA, Adam Silver. Right. And since the Dallas exactly. Mavericks are the local NBA franchise, you've been doing a lot of work with the Dallas Mavericks as well. But you guys have been around for a little while. Can you talk about how the uh, NBRPA got started here in Dallas? Because I know around the country it's been all over the place. But you kept you helped found this thing. Right. Well, actually, it was already in place when I actually assumed the role of president. But mm-hmm. – the, the NBRPA started back in, I believe it was 1992. There were five players that realized that guys that, um, this, this is probably true for most sport, professional sports, but especially basketball is what they were focused on. When, they, when they're playing, everything is going well. And then when, they, when their career starts uh, winding down and you know, real life is getting ready to hit them, they, they're not prepared for that. So Oscar Robinson, uh, um, Dave Cowens, Dave Bing, um, oh gosh, Dave DeBushy, mm-hmm. and it's one more that's escaping me right now. I'll think of him in a minute. But they they came up with this concept of uh, forming this organization to help guys with the transition from professional basketball to the rest of their lives. And uh, it's it's a wonderful, uh, you know, it's, what they thought about was a wonderful idea. And it's just now beginning to really, I think, take hold with a lot of guys that there's value in this organization because it helps you keep your name out there because you're meeting with, with a lot of business people. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're mixing in with a lot of other events where there are people there that's, that's looking for, for guys to do charitable things. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's just a good, good fit for guys that's transitioning. Uh, especially the older guys, the guys that played some time ago that didn't make any money. You know? Right. So Yeah, everybody yeah. wasn't in the 21st century. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Everybody didn't exactly. have a $20 million contract. Did not, 
<laughs> I had to get a second job when the season was over. Exactly. You know, and, and really wanted to get ahead. Yeah. I re- yeah, I remember I remember those days. I, I think about back to the Dallas Cowboys. Ironically, back in the early 1980s, when I first came to town doing radio, they actually gave me a list. The Cowboys PR department gave me uh-huh. a list of all the players' names and phone numbers, so I could call them on the phone. Their home numbers. Right. And right, right. they all had off-season jobs. Now, yes, they did. Everybody yeah. back then had off-season jobs. You you had a job while you played sports, but those careers would only last maybe five or ten years. So you had to have something to fall back on. And quite a few True. would either get a job with a business that you would they would finally wind up working for, or, or they would wind up working with, or start their own business at some point in time. But they weren't necessarily. Um, you know, year-round athletes. They had to have something to fall yeah. back on. They were they're staying in shape and whatnot, but they had, like, quote-unquote, real jobs in the off-seasons. And I know that yeah. here locally, uh, Cincy Powell, the, the mm-hmm. great Cincy Powell, and uh, some, of the, Powell. some of the guys you've been working with lately, Sam Perkins, Moreland Wiley. Right. These are some of the guys, you know, like I said, they're not in their 30s and 40s retired. They're in their 50s, 60s, 70s retired, and, and the uh, – National Basketball Retired Players Association has stepped up and they've had their name out there and they've been able to partner with different corporations and different businesses as well as giving back through a lot of different charitable organizations and partnering with with the uh, National Basketball Retired Players Association, right? That's exactly right. Exactly right. You know, I, I'd like to share um, this this uh, experience that I had this, this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only gotten to know Tim Hardaway on a personal note, um, well, last couple of years, and just found out that this young man has a tremendous spirit. Yes. He wants to, he, you know, we don't have to talk about his basketball pedigree because he's going to the Hall of Fame. You just mentioned that. But then he's looking beyond uh, basketball now. That's his, that's his catalyst for moving forward. That's one of his catalysts. And I was able to connect him. He has a business called Farmer Sport, and it's in his, uh, you know, formative years. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to, you know, get some some traction. And guys don't know how to do this. That's, that's not a knock on them. None of us, you didn't know how to be a great radio broadcaster until you got in the business right. and got some experience. And then you start watching other people that were doing it. Exactly. If, if you're in college, you're not. You're playing the sport. You're not necessarily in business. School. Right, <laughs> right. And then you became a legend in your own time. You know, not well, not, not, not after you're gone. A legend in your own time. There are not too many people in Fort Worth, Dallas area that don't know who Chris Allen is. You know, I appreciate your, your you saying that. It's synonymous with this area. So, with that being said, um, um, I, 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 I've been telling guys this since 2004, fella, when you finish playing, unless you had a really, really high pedigree, unless you, you were Magic Johnson, or, uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Michael Jordan, or somebody like that, after three or four years, people are going to be saying, who is that? They don't know you. So, but if you, if you get yourself involved in the community or just in the business world and get your name out there, then you began to see that you can build another career after basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say that a lot of guys don't get that. And so I was on Tim, finishing up with Tim. I, I, I told him, I said, Tim, I want you to meet some people that I've met that I believe could help you uh, with your business. And, man, it, 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 it turned out beyond my expectations, what, what, what was able to happen, what, I mean, what we were able to accomplish this weekend. But why did it happen? It happened because Tim agreed to come down. He played in our tournament last year. He agreed to come down again this year. I didn't pay his way down. He bought his own ticket. I did, you know, put him up in a hotel. And, um, but he, because he took a step in the direction of serving I was able to lend him a little bit of the platform that I've developed here in the Metroplex that will help him. And these people were excited to meet him. Mm-hmm. They even a couple of the guys that I mentioned him to, mentioned to him, I, I, I introduced him to, 
they, they're excited about learning more about his business and how they can get involved with it and how they can help him financially. Exactly. We're so talking about investment brokers. About. We're talking about investment vo- brokers, people yes, who do yes, those sir. kind of things on, on that level. Yes. But let me just say this. I'll take me out of the equation. But Tim, Tim couldn't have done that by showing up here in Dallas, playing in a golf tournament. So that's what we do. You know, that's what we should do. That's the spirit that we all should have. Mm-hmm. If Tim has something that, that you know, I can help him with, I should be willing to help him. If someone else has something else, something that they can help me with, they should be willing to help me. And let me just say this. I have to, I'm, I'm a person that's always going to give credit and thanks where it belongs. We would not be where we are right now, Chris, without Chris O. We, I mean, you were you were the catalyst. Well, that, like I said, that I always try well, to do a little thing here and there. That, but um, I'm, I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> put it like this: if you guys weren't doing such a great job, and like you said, you're a five hundred one c three organization, you do so many things with the kids, with so many different uh, organizations locally. You partner with so many different groups, and I just thought mm-hmm. it was a great opportunity for former athletes who are visible and. Everybody's got this like-mindedness. They they want to serve. They want to do stuff in the in the community. Right, right. They also want to do more than just youth groups camps. You know, they want to do that, mm-hmm. but they also want to kind of take care of themselves as well. And I went, you know what? There's too many people out here who have the same like minds, and they just need to meet. And that's all I right, did. I just exactly. had to put some people together. And again, well, man, you guys you, you guys what? do such great work. That's why I'm I'm glad you're on the show to to highlight what you're doing because. There's so many different organizations out there, and they say, you know what, we're having, you know, a, a, a court dedication, and we'd like some former athletes if they can be involved, or you know what, we're having a computer center built, and right, we'd right. love it if we had. You know. And so these are the kinds of things, especially in the summertime, where you guys are valuable because you got right. wisdom. Because there's so right, many exactly. kids that all they think is athletics, and that. Well, guess what? What if you get hurt? What if yeah. the scholarship doesn't yeah. work out? What if you just hit yeah. the end of the road before you're 30 years old? So that's why yeah. I think it's it's important that uh you know you guys can share your wisdom and and that's why yeah. I'm glad you guys love to be out in the community amongst all the people. Yeah, I'll share it with you just to piggyback on what you just said. Last week, uh, Dr. Harper, who's the guy that I you know, mentioned a minute ago, uh, the Hope Initiative that I've he's going to be leading our educational component. Mm-hmm. And what I told uh, Daphne when I first talked with her about the Boys and Girls Club, I said, I'm not interested in coming here and just doing basketball. I said, we want to pour into these kids a lot of the things that they're not getting in the school setting. Yes. See, I know that because I, I retired from school district. I retired from the 4th Independent School District. And anybody that want to challenge me on this, I'll take them on. The kids are not learning in school. But they, what they should be. I mean, some of the things that they really, that are necessary, that they know when they graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, 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 they're not being taught how to how to speak or address someone properly. That's what we do. We actually have exercises where we we call it our elevator speech, mm-hmm. where we get kids to line up and come up, and and you wanna you wanna you, you win an elevator, and and you got five seconds to ask me a question about something that you know about me that I might, I don't know you, but you know who I am. And you got five seconds to ask me that question. How are you going to start that? And you'd be surprised how many kids can actually start out by saying, sir, introducing themselves. Hi, sir. I, my name is Chris Ong. And, uh, I, uh, I understand that you, you head of a computer uh, company mm-hmm. and I, I'm looking for an intern this summer. And would you be be willing to help me with that? So we we let kids do that, and then we whatever they mess up, we tell them where you messed it up, how you messed it up, so that you will know how to do that. Most of our kids can't do this. I was down in Dangerfield uh, this past Monday it was a week ago. We were at Dangerfield High School. Spent two days there with about thirty kids. They were all athletes there at the, the at the Dangerfield High School. And, uh, man, I mean, it's, you'd have to see that room that we were in. We were in the library there. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to, the kids' involvement and their, their, their quest for knowledge, wanting to learn how to 
present themselves. Sure. And 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 that's missing. Uh, and, and I'm not knocking high, I'm not knocking the school setting. Exactly. It's, it's just this day and age. Yes. Yes. But it's that's what our kids got to know. Every kid is not. Most kids are not going to college. Right. So what are you going to do? Yeah. How are you going to get you know, your vocational skills and how are you going to get your job yeah. interview if yeah. you don't know how to present your ideas, your thoughts right. and yourself? Right. right. Those yeah. are the, those, the, we're filling that gap. Right. That's what we, that's my goal is to fill that gap with as many kids as we possibly can. And that's why I connected with the Boys and Girls Club, Fort Worth Police Department, because they, and it's a look good for everybody. Yes, it is. When you touch somebody's child. So, you know what else you guys did? I want to share some light, share some lights on this as well. You guys took a bunch of kids down to NASA. Can you, can you talk about that? And also piggyback on that, you guys did some things with some kids at NBA All-Star Weekend. Like you guys will always be there, NBA All-Star Weekend, going to all the different elementary schools, the middle right. schools, and right. and uh, spreading the word. And, again, you've got the knowledge and the wisdom to go with the fact that, oh, wow, these are former NBA or professional basketball players. Start with right. the NASA story yeah. first. Okay. The NASA story is we uh, – one of my advisory board uh, members uh, was a board member with the Tribute to Valor Foundation. And for those that don't, might not know what that is, what the Tribute to Valor, uh, Valor Foundation is, it's made up of, of the men, and out uh, of doing the history of this, uh, this honor, there's only been one woman that achieved this, and she's passed on now. But these are men that received the Congressional Medal of Honor from the President of the United States of America. Wow. You probably have seen it on TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, for heroism in, in, in some war, where they were, many of them were gravely injured in some way. And they had to overcome uh, that the psychological aspect of what happened to them. For an example, there's one man that we we actually have done some programming with. He has no legs, and so he's when the kids come into an auditorium, he's sitting in a chair. Oh well, he's sitting in a seat at the front of the auditorium, and we have a chair out in front uh, of the of the uh, the audience that mm-hmm. he's going to speak to. And he, when he's introduced, he gets up, and he walks over, and he sits in that chair, and he comes to taking his legs off. And the kids, you should, it's wow. not funny. You should see the kids' faces when he. I can imagine. Because this man is about six two when he's walking around on his prosthesis, but when he sits down, he's got two nubs hanging out over a chair, and he starts out, and it's very chilling. You can hear, man. I mean, it's so quiet. It's stunning. And uh, he says, first thing he says, this is how I start my day every day. And then he goes into telling them what a psychological uh, nightmare it was for him to get beyond that in order to get on with his life. So anyway, we partnered with them in, three, in 2000, about three years ago, two years, just before COVID. The, uh, COVID hit in twenty. And we heard about it in 20, 2020. So we did this in 2019. Mm-hmm. We partnered with American Airlines that provided an airplane to fly us down. And uh, I bought, uh, our organization bought uh, lunch for everybody. We had 120 kids. We had chaperones. We had about 150 people in our, in, in our entourage. And uh, we, went, we flew down to the Johnson Space Center on Friday. And spent the whole weekend, you know, at a hotel. And then we go to the Johnson Space Center every day, and 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 we came back. They came, the airplane, the American Airlines sent the plane back to pick us up on on Sunday. Uh, we had uh, sixty kids from the uh, South Oak Cliff area of Dallas that went that that was on the trip. We had kids from Grapevine and also from Halton City. One of the greatest experiences I've ever had. This. Uh, being with those kids for three days there at the Johnson Space Center. And then during the day, uh, some of our programming, we would break out in, in, in groups. We'd have maybe five, six kids in each group. And uh, we'd, we'd just talk to them, let them ask us questions and, and, and just talk about life and what mm-hmm. they were going to do moving forward. It was just a wonderful experience. So we, we were going to do it again uh, in 20 and the week, the next week that we were going to go, everything got shut down. 
So we haven't been able to revive that again, but we're still going to do it, though. So we actually, tribute to Valor, the Tribute to Valor Foundation was one of the recipients of some of the proceeds that we will be getting, uh, that, you know, that we will get from the golf course. We're going to give it to them yeah. uh, to continue their program. And, and if I may, Chris, just let me mention this. Last year, we gave a $10,000 donation to the University of North Texas Agnes Green Memorial Scholarship Fund. That's um, Joe Green's late wife. Yeah, mean Joe Green. Yeah, his late wife, mm-hmm. uh, after she passed away, sadly, from, from cancer, uh, they, they started a scholarship there in her name. And we donated $10,000 to that last year from our proceeds. And we also donated $5,000 in cash and another, I know five, it was probably more, to the Mavericks mm-hmm. Foundation last year. And they gave so, all kind um, of grants away for that, yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm saying all this, not to brag, but just to let you know, we're not playing. You know, we, we are yeah. just trying to make a difference. You know, we're trying to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. have. And, and I mentioned and a great story again with, about the trip to NASA. But I mentioned that, like I said, you guys are partnered with the NBA and Adam Silver. Can you talk about what you guys do on All-Star Weekend? Because I know you go out to all these different schools. Not all the current players who make the All-Star team or there for the festivities are able to do this, but the Retired uh, Player Association, the National Basketball Retired Player Association, is there in the, in the breach. Yes. Well, uh, one of the ones that, that, uh, that comes to memory for me that was very rewarding was uh, – the All-Star Weekend in Charlotte, mm-hmm. where we did the NBRPA, we did uh, did two days of community service. The first day, we started at a high school. I believe the name of the high school was Mecklenburg High School. And they had just, re- about a, m- a month or so before we got there, uh, a young man had been uh, shot there uh, on, on their campus. And uh, we were able to go there and do an auto- auditorium program. And we had about Oh, about 10 or 15 guys. We had Tree Rollins, Tiny Archibald, Major Jones. Oh, gosh, man. Artis Gilmore. We had a lot of guys up on the stage. And one of the things about what I love about our platform is that when these kids see the Artis Gilmores and, the, and some of they still remember, even though they're young, and, and if, if they don't remember, all they have to do is, is, is put his name in their phone. And, yeah, Google and it all up. Kinds of information is going to come up about it. And yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. And so once that happens, we're validated. Yeah. They'll sit there and they will listen to everything. Oh, yeah. That we have to say they, there's no discipline problem. And we did service there for two days. Started out, we went to three different schools and we went to one community school over a two day period and pour it into the kids there. So, you know, uh, again, what you're saying is so strong because, Willie, as again, you've got wisdom, you've got knowledge, you're able to reach kids, and primarily because of the platform that you all played professional basketball. And then even if they don't recognize your name, they, oh, my goodness, you played with Magic Johnson. Oh, my goodness, you played against Dominique Wilkins. Oh, my goodness, you coached LeBron. And all of a yes. sudden you got their attention and then you can help guide them to do the right things. I tell people all the time, our platform, our platform validates us. We never have discipline problems. Isn't that something? You get a bunch of kids together and you don't have to tell anybody to be quiet. Yeah. I mean, how many strangers <laughs> can come into yeah. a classroom or an auditorium and command their attention. We had 800 kids the first day in that auditorium up in, in, in uh, Charlotte. You know, wow. 800 kids. Wow. Nobody's talking. Nobody's, you know, throwing throwing paper at each other. Nobody, they're listening, you know. And so that's the, that's the joy of giving and serving, you know, the, the kids from, you know, from, from our platform. Is that, and and, and it's, it, a lot of it is because of, the platform that uh, that the corner how basketball has evolved, oh, yeah. and all kids love, you know, they love to watch basketball. They know about basketball. They know about Steph Curry. Uh, they know about Luka Doncic. Yeah, uh, you know all the big name players, and so. You know they want to hear more. <laughs> you know, and you know what's so, so wild? You guys have you guys have great stories too. Because Marlon Wiley, who is he's the vice president of the chapter, yeah, uh-huh. 
So no, no, he's a treasurer. Oh, he's, he's a treasurer. Okay, so Moreland, uh-huh. Moreland, Wiley, Moreland Wiley, former Maverick uh, player, former assistant coach with the Orlando Magic, he was telling a story to some kids. We were in Oak Cliff, and he was telling a story about how he grew up in L.A., and right, he right. ran into Snoop Dogg because Snoop Dogg knew who he was, and all the kids right. were going uh-huh. crazy, like, how does Snoop, Snoop Dogg know Moreland Wiley? Moreland Wiley was in Snoop Dogg's sister's class. And Snoop yeah. Dogg knew about Moreland being a great basketball player, staying out of trouble. And then when Moreland turned pro, Snoop paid attention to his whole career. And Moreland's like, wow, I never knew that Snoop was keeping up with me like that. So you guys yeah. basically transcend sports sometimes. You never know who's, who's watching you. You never know who's, you know, paying attention to you. That's why you should always, we should always, especially this season in our lives, we should always be ready to try to embrace our youth and show them that there are different ways that many of them take in life, and especially if we can get their attention. And you and guys do so, such a great yeah. job with it. Hey, let me tell you something, Willie. It's always a pleasure to have you on. We will definitely have you back on again because you guys are doing big things with the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Thanks, Willie. Okay, thank you so much, Chris, for having me on. I'm Chris Arnold of 105.3 The Fan. Thank you for joining me. Tune in next week as we focus on other organizations doing great things in our community right here on Better Living. So long, everybody. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.